Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. You know, it's hard not to do a review every single day of all the incredible guests we have here on Coast View. And the good news is we don't have a shortage of guests. That is for sure. In fact, uh, someone said to me, because we were doing these long-form shows, you know, usually one hour, one one person per show, uh, we went to two people per show in the in the wake of the pandemic, but we're getting more back to trying to do more one-hour shows that we would run out of people to talk about. And the truth is, Coastal Mississippi is full of so many amazing people in all walks of life. Some we know about because they're significant leaders in the community, and some we've never heard of before. They're just doing incredible work in, in the in the trenches. Uh, we're so lucky to live here. And the thing that I always say about Coastal Mississippi is that we uh, we're very resilient because we face so many challenges over the many years. You know, when we're faced with a challenge, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or or Democrat or whatever, white or black, it doesn't matter. We help our neighbors, and we're really good at that. And this is a very very special place, and I'm I'm really privileged to have the opportunity to share all these different people from again all walks of life that are working so hard to make a difference in this community. I've got a great show today, and I'll come back to that in just one quick second. I had the opportunity when I was up in the Mississippi Delta this year to meet, it was for the Steve Azar's Mockingbird Songwriters Festival in Leland, Mississippi, in the in the heart of the Delta. It was a terrific, terrific uh, event, uh, second year in a row that I've attended that. But I met a young woman, her name is Zoe, and um, she's from Australia, in fact, and she came to uh, Nashville, and she's, uh, she's somebody you'll probably hear more about as time goes on, but she's a songwriter, she's an artist, and uh, she's had... She's been releasing some music more recently so i follow her on social media and uh and she's a really good friend of steve's and steve and i as you know uh, steve azar and i have become really good friends over the years um she she posted this in the wake of having uh you know introduced some new music and you know really getting good reviews and whatever and it's it's pretty simple and it's, it's from mary davis and it just simply says this there's nothing too small for gratitude there's nothing too small for gratitude. If you think about coastal Mississippians, I have to tell you, we are grateful. We are so grateful for living here, for for living in a community where when people visit here, they know the people are what makes the difference. Uh, I can't say enough about that. And one other, you remember when you were a kid, you used to make these blankets, you know, these fort blankets, or forts out of blankets, and you'd you know you'd play and have fun, put the chairs and then put the put the blankets over it. Uh, my friend Susan uh, uh, Myers Griggs posted this, and it's terrific. She said, if you want to know who your tribe is speak your truth then see who sticks around those are the people who get a spot in your blanket fort <laughs> i just thought that's a great way to say it but uh and i, I like people who are authentic people who are who are working to, to make a difference and um and there's so 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 many of them out there so now let's shift gears and today's one I've been really looking forward to because we're going to be we're going to we're going to welcome Don Moore, the general manager of WXXV, and let me bring him in, and then I'll tell you why I've been looking forward to having this, this discussion. Don, how you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day today. We're fortunate. It is. It is. You know, gosh, our hearts are with the people of Florida because as this show airs, um, you know, the, they're being hit by major hurricane Ian, we don't know what the impact is. We can only speculate that it's going to be significant for Florida, and they're going to need our help. So as we learn more about recovery efforts and other efforts to, to help the people of Florida, we'll let you know about them here on Coast View. But for now, as we sort of watch this incredible situation unfold, we know what it's like to be there. Our thoughts and prayers are with those people. Uh, for sure, we're seeing some beautiful weather, but can't help but think about what we went through after Hurricane Katrina, huh, Don? I remember walking out and, and when I was at WLOX television and we were generator powered and so we had our own little island. Of course, the Sun Herald was across the street and I remember walking out and looking out into what I, ca I called the black abyss and it was rather depressing. Everything was so quiet. Quiet. We had just been through a tremendous storm and, uh, you know, and typically you sent your loved ones away and you're sitting there and you're in your whole environment and you're 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 climate has changed that yeah and i have never it was quite a, a time for me to learn how resilient the gulf coast is because it was just phenomenal yeah, we we learned a lot. You know, I've really looked forward to having this discussion with you because XXV has come on strong in this community. Uh, you spent a you spent basically two careers at WLOX, uh, and we'll talk about you know you know you were there, then you left for a period of time. Actually, got some terrific economic development experience when you did that, and then you came back to WLOX in some very important roles, and then eventually made your way back to WXXV. But but the thing is that when I was a young guy at at uh, the Sun Herald, you were a young guy over at WLOX. We were sort of working our way through the ranks, working hard to to make a difference. We were we crossed our paths in the community many, many, many times. And listen, this is before we had all this fancy video stuff and all of the all the stuff we have that enables us today. I remember, and you may not remember this, but I remember I was uh, I was the incoming chairman for Goodwill Industries of, of South Mississippi, and you were you were a volunteer and. We we were trying to, for our annual meeting, we wanted our, our slide presentation to be super, super nice. And you had you had developed this capability that could do tool, dual slide machines. Mm -hmm. And it was just really cool the way you did it. And I remember the first meeting, it was a marketing meeting where we were discussing how we were going to do this. And... I knew then when I sat down with you that you, your 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 ability to do presentations was what was defining you in that moment. And as it turns out, as I look at your resume, it's literally what has defined your entire career, isn't it? I think the word presentation can be behind most everything I've done. You, know, you talk about the multiple slide decks. Uh, it brings me back to when I was with the Executive Communication Center with Bell South. And they had a full auditorium, and I was the head of that facility. But we had, I think if I recall, six stacks of three slide projectors, uh, 18 total projectors that gave a panoramic uh, review. Uh, so we'd, we'd fill an entire wall with uh, multiple slide projections that were dissolving back and forth. And that was before, as you said, before the real capabilities of video walls and, and doing video presentations. So, yeah, the uh, the Goodwill production was kind of like a, just a tidbit of what I had been doing already with Bell South. Yeah, I knew I knew you had some special talents. As it turned out, as your, as your career continued to evolve, 
Uh, it was interesting watching. It, but by the way, you were sort of cutting your teeth in operations over at WLOX. Mm-hmm. While I came as an intern and worked in circulation for a period of time, I cut my teeth in operations as well, you know, adding on to the building, installing a new press. I mean, you were installing new capabilities over at WLOX. I mean, it's interesting. Our, our, our careers sort of mirrored each other in a lot of ways. And then we would run into each other out in the community all the time. But you, um, you, you developed, it was beyond presentation. You're ability to produce. You did a lot of work for networks and I mean, while you were at WLOX, you were kind of a sought after guy to come in for for big, big events, weren't you? It's kind of interesting how things transpired. I'm a prayerful person and I feel like things just fall where they should. Uh, I was with WLOX and I got a call from a producer out of Dallas that I'd been doing a lot of work with churches. And and so a lot of my music background of directing music productions was in the church environment, not as much in the pure television environment where you can have more exposure typically with news productions. So I got a call from this producer out of Dallas and said he had asked around. He had a guy that was that he was losing a director to the Olympics, 1984 Olympics. And he said, I, I've asked around and people said, you're the man. So I started getting involved with this guy. And, and so, yes, uh, those would be my vacation times. My poor, my, I don't want to say poor wife, Twyla, who you know, was so accommodating. Uh, she had a husband that would take a vacation and go off to work. But, you know, when I first started working with Paul Christensen uh, with Omega Productions out of Dallas, it, it was involved. We'd, I've done 25 gospel shows with him. Uh, he's the one that, uh, while well, it was through him, I, I, I did the B.B. King special. Uh, the last DVD that B.B. King ever did, we produced in Nashville and uh, also in uh, Memphis. Uh, but I've had some wonderful opportunities that have just kind of, without me reaching out, opportunities that have come my way. Uh, and I love, you know, I love the administration of, of actually guiding a team. But when people talk about hobbies, my hobby typically has been one of going off and doing uh, television production and music productions and working. And what I try to do is surround myself with people that are more talented than I, than I am. You know, yeah. now, you've always done a good job of that. Incidentally, just speaking of Twyla Boudreaux, your 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 wife's maiden name, she and I worked together at the Sun Herald. Yeah. Had a you know, we're good friendship, yeah. and I wasn't surprised you guys kind of found each other. She was super talented, and uh, now you have a, a daughter who is super talented, and it's uh, you know you've you've had a good run of it as it relates to your family, haven't you? We have, and I will give the credit for my my daughter's talent. I'll give to Twyla. Twyla, you know, when I came to the Gulf Coast in 1983, Twyla had already had a history of doing a lot of center stage productions with Chuck White and had been in a number of productions. She had been in the Miss Mississippi pageant herself a couple of times. She was a Miss Biloxi. Uh, she was Miss Perkinston. So, you know, I played at theater, but I kind of found my niche more behind the scenes, which people probably attest to. I mean, I was in, I loved being in Scrooge the Musical with uh, Andy Calberg. I was Bob Cratchit. You know, hey, I, hey, listen, Bob Cratchit, let's wait and uh, we'll pick it up from right there on the other side. But this is Don Moore, the general manager from WXXV, an old friend of mine. We were competitors, but we still had tremendous respect for each other. I look back on those days and I have nothing but fond memories about Don. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have an old friend, dear friend, uh, Don Moore, uh, who is the general manager at WSXV, but we used to be competitors. Sun Herald was on one side of the Bees Road, WLOX on the other side. And it's sort of, you know, it's back in the days, Don, when you could be competitors and still uh, work in the community together and do amazing things together. There was no personal hard feelings with one another. I think the Sun-Herald and Debbie Alex always had a really healthy, competitive uh, relationship, don't you? Let me, uh, let me take an opportunity to tell you what I thought was a really, really wonderful moment, and it was during Katrina. Uh, when Katrina came, everyone comes together. We talk about it doesn't matter ethnicities, religious preferences, or anything. Everyone comes together. Just like when 911 came along, all of a sudden, if you're an American, I mean, I'm, you're an American, you know, bottom line. But when Katrina came around, what I remember from it quite fondly is the fact that WLOX lost its transmitter capabilities at that time. We, our transmitter had a water pump issue. Now, I was director of operations at the time, but WXXV uh, had the capability, they lost their link between the station and their transmitter. So we set up a satellite feed to feed a signal to WXXV's transmitter site, and we actually broadcast WLOX on WXXV's uh, transmission. It was, it was WLOX broadcasting on channel 25. That is true cooperation. Now, as far as the Sun Herald, I also remember the wonderful relationship with reporters coming in, field reporters coming in to the station at WLOX and giving live on-air reports. I mean, we basically came together and it didn't matter. I don't really like the word competition. Uh, we happen to be in the same type of media business, but as long as you're conducting yourself with integrity uh, and that you're just being honorable, that's what it's really all about. Now, uh, what I remember also, we had a fuel truck come in, John McFarland over at the, at the newspaper at the time, I called him up and I said, we have about, I can't remember, I think 500, I, I was more than that, but we had almost a thousand gallons of, of fuel and, and there's no sense in sending that away. So I, I called John, I said, if y'all could use it at the Sun Herald, we'll, we'll have the truck go over there and, and, and drop drop it in your, in your generator tank, you know, that fed your generator. And that to me was the epitome of cooperation. Uh, yeah. I could walk in the Sun Herald and it wasn't, uh, oh, it's that television guy. It was basically, we're all in this together to get a message out to the community and do the very best we can as media outlets, no matter what form of media outlet you are, we had a common charge and a common purpose. We did. We did. It, was, it was one of my most magic moments is seeing how we all come together like that. You may remember we had a really, really uh, well-honed emergency operations plan that we worked together on, so we backed each other up in so many different ways. Hey, so when we went to break, you were we were talking about how talented – uh, your wife uh, is and was back in back in the day. Twyla Boudreaux her, was her maiden name, and then your daughter got some great talents from her. And you mentioned that de during these plays and other things that you were involved with, you like to work behind the scenes. But at one point, you actually got cast as Bob Cravick, uh, right? Cratchit, 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 Cratchit. Of course, right? Cratchit, yeah, yeah. So uh, how, how was that? Well, I got to tell you what, when I see Andy Kalberg still out in the streets today, I, I still kind of want to cower because I feel like he's my boss, you know, <laughs> because I, I was in, involved with that, that uh, show for so long. And it was before children for me and young Matthew, who played the role of, you know, um, 
Tiny Tim. Oh my gosh, I just felt like he was family. And and there's a family, the theater family group is pretty tight as well. What I do remember, I'm going to tell you a fun story if I may. Uh, so typically when you're doing a production like that, it's not uncommon to see all the kids start getting sick and they're coughing and they're wheezing and the adults are trying to nurture them. And then it comes time to show, comes times for showtime. And then uh, all of a sudden the adults started getting sick because they got it from the kids. So I was about to go on stage um, <clears throat> singing a little song. I'll just sing part of it. Little children peep into Christmas windows. And so that's the start of the song. But because I got sick from the kids, it was like little children, you know, and <laughs> I'm back there and backstage. I said, I don't know what to do. Someone says, drink this. And I said, what is it? They said, well, just drink it. Well, I'm not a drinking person. So what this was, was a hotty toddy. So I drank it and I said, what? <laughs> I kind of loosened up my throat, felt pretty good. So I went to the stage apron to the very front of the stage with the. Uh, with uh, my daughter, Vanessa Pierce, who you may remember, but she played one of my daughters in the play. And I started singing my song. And it was at that moment that that hotty toddy hit me and she's holding my hand and I've got sweat just draining down, <laughs> just coming down my face and I'm singing at the stage and she's squeezing my hand because she said, this guy's about to lose it. But those, you have a little fun memories, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, I have, I've had so many laughs, you know, you know, contemplating the way that that little theater community has been, you know, together. <clears throat> Karen Abernathy, who you worked with so many years, and all yeah. these other—I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? Oh, it's wonderful. And there's <clears throat> wonderful stories to tell. I've got a little light that keeps popping off, so we'll just have to do it. That's with. okay. No problem. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, I like Sweeney Todd. My daughter was in Sweeney Todd, and I got to the point where I was running audio for theater productions. I was the chair for Gulfport Little Theater for about three years, and. Um, I remember in Sweeney Todd, there's a scene where, uh, you know, sadly enough, he, 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 he's the barber and he winds up uh, killing his clients. But uh, we had a trap door and this trap door, there's uh, uh, it, it a lock in it so they could walk across the deck without, without anything happening. But the guy forgot to put the pin in and the guy goes up there and he's supposed to sing a song. He steps on top of that door and he get he just drops out of the scene oh. and it's, it's a funny moment for us because uh, it wasn't planned and you just have to work around it uh just like michaela was in les mis and uh the person that she was working with is supposed to pull a note out of his pocket and read a letter and he forgot to put it. he didn't remember his lines but he depended on that letter so he, put, he reaches in his pocket there's not a letter so he just exits the stage and leaves her on stage all by herself at the age of, at the age of 14 to try to figure out what to do. So I bet she did well because she's very talented. Well, I bet she, like I said, she, she got that from her mother. Twyla was, <laughs> Twyla was really well known when she worked with the Boyce Hollemans and, and the uh, Shorty Sneeds. You you remember those days? I mean, oh well, look, Shorty's been on my show, and I've I mean, we've had some deep conversations about those early days. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, you can go to center stage, and I'm looking at pictures on the wall in there. I said, "There's my wife," you know. So I, I do want to bring that back about how neat that was when, when I met Twyla. Uh, it was when I was doing an awards ceremony for the Ad Federation, and someone said, "I said I need some entertainment," and they said, "Well, you could probably get Twyla Boudreaux to uh, to bring in her dance troupe," and that's how I met her. I brought I brought Twyla over to the Sanger Theater, and that's how I met. And so for a period of time. It was that guy at that television station is is dating that girl at the newspaper. <laughs> so I, I made a commitment to everybody that I that the conversation was strictly social and I I 
really had no interest at that point in the Sun Herald. My interest was in this beautiful young lady named Twyla Boutrop. So, yeah, I was in the early '80s, and, and we were we were good friends at that time. We actually worked in advertising together, and. Yeah. So funny. Looking back, I told you off the air, some, in some ways it feels like it was yesterday. In other ways, it feels like it was so long ago. I mean, so long ago. So let's yeah. shift gears. You, you cut your teeth in operations. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually, though, you found your way into the sales side of the operation. And that, to me, that was sort of clear then that you may eventually be a general manager, maybe not at WLX, maybe at WLX, maybe somewhere else. Of course, that's where you are today at WXXV. But you spent a lot of years in sales. You learned a lot about what it means to, to run a business, didn't you? I did. Uh, that transition for me into sales was prompted by my wife, who said, you, you're doing commercial productions. You work with clients every day. You have the skill set to interface with people. Why don't you think about moving into the sales avenue? And I said, well, if I were to do that, I, I want to be a, have a broader breadth of experience to make myself uh, more marketable and make myself a valuable component for WLX or whoever. Uh, so, yeah, in the sales environment, I think I started that in the year 2000, maybe. Yeah, somewhere around there, 2002. And uh, it, was an, it wasn't a tough transition because to me, whether you're doing commercial production and generating ideas or whether you're working with a client uh, in the sales process, and it was the same for you in the newspaper, it's all a matter of putting the, their, them first. And I would say, you know, I love something I learned with Bell South Marketing. And it was, if you're making a presentation, think about positioning the benefits first. You know, if you want to grab, gather someone's attention, you, you know, and you don't want to turn to the back page and say, oh, this costs 2,500 bucks. You start off by saying, like I did it with Bell South one time. We had a very resistant client that came in. He said, I don't know why I'm here. I really don't know why I'm here because the account executive brought him in. And I said, well, first of all, uh, if we can save you $100,000 a year, would that, could I have an hour of your time? He said, if you can save me $100,000 a year, he said, I'm all ears. So it's it's amazing the things, it's not difficult. Sales is all about relationships and it's about uh, honoring your commitment to, to support someone. If something doesn't work, you own up to it and say, what can we do to make it better? Uh, and, and valuing the relationships. I mean, do you remember the, the, um, WorldCom story up in Jackson. Very I, well. Yeah. But when I was in economic development, the big they talk about nurture. I can I can uh, knock this out in about a minute. In economic development, eight, 20 percent is geared toward bringing a new business, and that's the flash. And then the eighty percent is nurturing the core. So up in Jackson, WorldCom is in downtown Jackson, and all of a sudden, Bernie Evers is saying, "I'm I'm moving my business to Jackson," and they're going, "Why?" And he said, because I never hear anything from you. He said, you don't, you, once you landed my business, you didn't seem to care. But that carries all the way through. I mean, the core is basically, you got to pay attention to who you have for clients and what you can do to grow those clients. That, to me, is the epitome of effective selling. This is Don Moore, general manager from WSXV. We'll pick it up on the other side after this break. for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We have Don Moore, the executive, excuse me, the uh, general manager for WXXV with us today and an old friend. We used to work across the street from one another and uh, cross paths in the community many, 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 many times. You know, Don, as I look back, it's hard to really kind of get in my head that I left the Sun-Herald to go to be president of uh, the Alabama Media Group in 2009. It's hard hard to remember that it was that long ago. Uh, as publisher of, of the Mobile Press Register, re- responsibilities for other newspapers and digital assets across the state. Um, but at that time, I was beginning to to be a leader in what was you know massive change for the for the newspaper industry, and then ultimately went over to New Orleans and led one of the more dynamic, in some respects, controversial uh, digital transformations. I had the opportunity to work for the largest privately owned media company in the United States, Advanced Condé Nast, and they're willing to take risks because they knew they we could see the handwriting on the wall that things were going to be very, very different for newspapers going forward. And of course, it all has played out that way. Unfortunately, it has played out that way. Now, the dynamic changes that you observed on the TV side, the relationship with with the networks and how they shared money and all, you've seen massive change as well. But what where you have landed, whether you be at WLX and now as a general manager of WXXV, there's still a really significant opportunity. Even though the business model has changed and you had to learn how to operate within that new business model for a local TV station to thrive, really. And uh, and it's got to be exciting for you to be in this moment, after having observed so much change in your industry, to be leading sort of toward the future now. It's just exciting for you, isn't it? Well, it's a, it's an ever-changing target. You know, you talked about over at the Sun-Herald how y'all made changes uh, back into the digital world. Uh, Morris uh, Multimedia, the company I presently work with, uh, well, had 67 print publications and then six television stations. And I went to a corporate meeting recently and I said, uh, how many print publications do you presently have? And they said, we're down to 20. But what's so interesting about that dynamics when I talk about an ever-changing environment, you know, it used to be the top four, the NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox basically uh, were the carriers. And when everyone, that's, that's all they had. But now we're in a cord-cutting world, and we're in a world of immediate satisfaction. People, especially our young millennials, if I may use that as a standard phrase, are so used to grabbing uh, news when they want it, anytime, 24-7. And it changes the whole dynamics of what we do as a television station. And, and it's no surprise to you, I'm sure, that what does a television station have to offer? Now, when you look at prime time, you know, if you look at viewing habits, I mean, a station... WLX is very, very strong, and I enjoyed being there. Uh, the strengths of a television station are in news and local productions. And, but when you get to Prime, it levels out. You look at the viewing audience, it's kind of spreads between the ESPNs and the A&Es and TNTs, whatever. There's no real loyalties. It's just a matter of garnering the uh, attention of the audience uh, with specific shows. But the real dynamic for what a station does for the community is what they can offer on the news side. Here at WXXV, uh, I'm working hard for us to be more engaged with the community and for us to uh, be able to uh, present. And and so there's so many dynamics. It's the how, what your production looks like. It's how many local stories you have, wh- whether you're there at the moment and that kind of stuff. Like right now, we've got We've got uh, two of our people up in in the uh, in the the uh, hurricane hunter, you know. So we're they'll come back with some nice 
you know, vantage points of what it was like flying into the storm. But uh, yeah, it's it's a challenge. I I think that all media is great. I don't disparage any media whatsoever. I just think that you find out what your niche is and whether you can find a niche. Uh, look at where your opportunities for growth are. People have asked me before, what's it like working at WXXV? And what, what's your overview? And I said, it's really all about the people. You know, I mean, you can have a camera and you can have a transmitter and an antenna, but what separates anyone is, is the people and how they serve their station and how they serve the community. And my job here is to motivate people and motivate them to excellence. And that's what any manager's job should be. It's interesting to, to see, because for people who may not remember this, XXV, so many years ago, launched a news effort, and it went on for a short period of time, and then they they did away with it. Right. And then uh, you brought it, you know, of course, it was brought back because I think it's, it's the point that you're making, that that the, the, uh, the differentiating characteristics became really, really fuzzy when you got to the network level. That's the point that you were just making. Mm-hmm. And that the way to define yourself has to be in your commitment to the community, like you just mentioned, and in local programming. That's the key to success. And it's interesting, that's the key to success for newspapers, even today, as, you know, whether, whether they keep print or not, you know, that's that's the decision they'll make, but um, but but there uh, even in, the, in in this like massive digital world with so much information, the key to success is really and being all local as much as local as you possibly can, and that's why you guys launched your news program, isn't it? Yeah, and it also was uh, timely with the NBC acquisition when NBC came in. It was part is part of uh, even a network mandate that you have local news, and so that you become a feeder for them as well. But, uh, yeah, I want to share something, if I may, just that you haven't asked. And a station can't be in an island. You know, we have, we're four miles north of, uh, of the interchange. You know, so people say, oh, well, you're way up there on Highway 49. Well, it's only four miles up, and that's not too bad. But the bottom line is you can't operate as your own little island. To me, our engagement with the community is not just the broadcast, you know, what we're, what we're sending out for news, but our engagement with the community is, you know, uh, our leaders here. I mean, I'm 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 do self bragging if you don't mind, but I was I'm proud to be a charter member of Leadership Gulf Coast, and I know, know Ricky that you're so uh, you were a Leadership Gulf Coast person too. But bottom line is, your involvement with the community even past the television station. I'm an advocate of that. I mean, I've got a sales manager that is so in, highly engaged with the Chamber of Commerce effort, and so you know by looking at my history, I think one of the selling points that uh, when they looked at my bio. They want someone that knows how to manage, but when they see that someone's very involved with the community, that's a selling point because you can't be an island. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you want them to see you not on a television screen. You want them to see you at a meeting uh, at a chamber or something talking about how our Gulf Coast business, uh, you know, the Gulf Coast Business uh, Council. Uh, how can I be involved not just with as a television station? How can I be involved as a citizen? You know, so that you're just not a, I mean, I've, I'm guilty. I've been a member of a board of a chamber that I was just more of a figurehead. And I'm saying, you know what? This isn't right. If I'm going to make yeah. a commitment to be on a committee or on a board, I need to devote some time and effort so that I'm, I'm making a change, positive change. But the way I came to understand it early in my career, because I had a terrific mentor in Roland, and then when I became publisher, this is what I taught and just sort of continue to p- perpetuate what I think is sort of a 
of a, a core value that, that the Sun-Herald had, and really the core, a core value that just about every business in coastal Mississippi has. You name the business, there's probably somebody, if it's a substantial business, and in some cases even the smallest business, but there's someone there that's, made, that's, that's very committed. What I came to understand is that it, it hits on multiple levels. It it, it it certainly helps build a better community. So you're helping to fill gaps and you're one of the thousand points of light. And and that's that's probably the most important part of it. I, I also always understood that if you're out there engaged in the community, and this is obviously the thing I saw in you as well, that when you're engaged in the community, when you're not you know, leading from some perch somewhere, but you're literally in the trenches seeing what the needs are and understanding the needs personally, then it it really enables you, especially from your news program's perspective, it enables you to make sure your news program connects with the needs and, and ultimate, you know, vision of the community. And if you do that and you do it well and you're really committed to it and you lead by example in doing that, then you're going to have success as a business. It's just, it just, all these kind of dots connect, Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't want to discount the power of the media. I mean, it is so I I can't uh, ignore it. You know, if you send something out on the airways that's positive and you get this positive feedback, wonderful. But if you make a mistake, guess what? The phone's ringing and you say you you come to realize how strong the media, whether it be print or whether it be radio or, or 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 television there's a great, great responsibility to trying to do it right. And and for me, I'm never going to take the approach of, quote, always right. I'm, I'm going to take the approach of having a listening ear and say, did we do it right? Or if we didn't, what can we do to make sure we we're better next time. You know? Yeah, I had, I had a great conversation with Dr. Joe Paul from USM recently. And I said, Chris, you know, he'd been at the university 40 years, then retired and back now as the interim president. I think he should be the permanent president, frankly, but, but Joe Paul, I said, how are you, you having a good time, Joe? And he said, 80% of the time. <laughs> and, you know, I chuckled at that a bit. And this is the response I gave him. And you, you know this well, too. But when you sit in your chair, the buck stops with you. It certainly stopped with me and my various roles as a CEO in the last 16 years of my career. But by the time a problem got to me, it had been through a bunch of layers. And it, there was never any easy problems that got to me. There's not necessarily easy problems that get to you. And there's not many easy problems that get to Joe Paul. That's just that's just what goes with the territory of being the leader of an organization let's do this when we get on the other side we'll talk a little bit more about that and you can and then i want you to tell me what you're most proud of as it relates to wxxv these days and uh, that'll be the final segment with don Moore, the general manager from wxxv we'll see you after this break Live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. You know, I told you that I was going to enjoy this conversation uh, with my old friend Don Moore, who's now the general manager at WXXV. And one of the things, Don, we were chatting about during the break is that, um, 
You know, there are so many people that that think the way that you and I were just talking about, and that is that there's this great relationship between what we do in our business and the work that we would do in the community. And I, I love in retirement having this opportunity to tell these stories because I think it holds you and others like you up as an example for others to say, you know, don't look at your job as just a job. Find a way to go beyond your work and be engaged in the community. And by being engaged in the community, it's going to make you actually a better employee and I mean, there's never a case when, when that's not the case, is there, John? Is it, Don? Well, it's an interesting, if I may set up this little analogy, that I have no problems with someone saying, uh, I want your job. You know, typically, now, if you're in the middle management, someone says, I want your job, you can say, okay, you're going to push me up. I'm fine with that. Right now, if they want my job, I'm probably looking and okay, close to the retirement scenario. But someone wanting your job you're you're serving as a mentor for them and they're going to be looking at how you conduct yourself and like we said if we can set ourselves up as mentors to stay involved with the community and to be engaged and not just be some kind of a figurehead somewhere because you have the title i, I just think it's so important and I, so we're setting examples and that example will always be there no matter what generation we're in and that's what I hope Kosi is to folks. It's a really opportunity to bore down on the mm-hmm. longer story of, of leaders so you can see the serious substance behind their right. commitment to the community. Hey, so let's shift gears in the final segment here and just a few minutes left to go. As, as you contemplate, you know, what you're doing today as the general manager of XXV and you see, you know, all these incredible people working around you, what are you most proud of? I think the thing that you want to take pride in is the people. You know, I mean, we have, I, I was very happy in my role over at WLOX and people say, well, what's it like at WXXV? It's, it's all about family and it's all about developing the individual. And when I see people that are motivated and, and like I came in over the weekend and, and it doesn't mean you got to work past hours, but when I see someone, what are you doing here? Well, I just had some extra stuff I wanted to work on, blah, blah, blah. So to me, I want, when the time comes that I do move to retirement i want my my legacy to be in developing people it may not be what kind of programming you've got or what kind of news you've got on the air it's a matter of what did you do to serve to raise someone up to a higher level uh real quick story for you when i first came here and i met with the people in production control i said don't think of yourself as a small station i worked at wapt in jackson and that was a small number three station in the market. And from that station became, came uh, my brother worked there and he became the uh, ESPN's uh, NBA finals director for 16 years. Scott Prey, who worked there, uh, runs audio for Monday Night Football and ESPN. Peter Petro, who's in this market as his own agency and production company. Uh, just in me uh, doing music productions all, all around the world. What I'm sharing with my folks here is don't subjugate yourself to saying I'm just at a small station. Learn as much as you possibly can. Benefit from everything. You, we're not a union shop. You can learn anything you want. You can learn audio. You can learn camera work. You can learn writing. And you're not held to anything. So what I'm trying to do is take the limits, uh, no limits whatsoever, and you learn what you want to learn. Benefit from the people that can grow you. And and we got people that have moved from this station that are now working in New Orleans, other other markets in the country that are that are much bigger markets. We happen to be a stepping stone type of scenario, but make the people better. And once they leave here, I, I just want that legacy uh, for people to say I worked with Don Moore, and I'm a better person because of it. And hopefully, Don Moore is a better person because 
I had the same engagement working with them. And it's all about people, and I will stand behind that. Uh, and that's that's where my greatest enjoyment is. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Hey, listen, uh, uh, real quick, how's WXXV doing just in general? WXXV, we're doing fine. Uh, the uh, we we are working hard to get more community involved. It, it's a it's a good station. We we had a we had a good year, in being part of this six television station group. We're the only Fox in the group. The other stations are NBC, CBS. Uh, you know, it's interesting if I may. We we got NBC, we got Fox, but we got CW. But then we're also uh, Defy and uh, Grit. Uh, those are what we call pass-through channels. Uh, they're, they're stations that we're giving them some some coverage in our market, and they pay us for rental space, you know, so to speak. So we have the five stations. But as far as the station, you know, you, you'll never be where you want to be because you can always say, what can I do to be better? What can I do to provide better news? What can I do to have better on-air presence? So, I mean, that's my, that's my charge. My charge is to be a change agent for the station. If I'm going to be sitting at a desk just being passive, that's not what they want. My job is to say, what can we do to be better? And it doesn't happen immediately. October 1st is my one-year anniversary here at this station. So That's amazing. It seems like it's been longer than that, actually. You know, I, I know, I mean, again, it comes back to the time flies, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but sometimes I, I got to tell you, it seems longer to me too. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of uh, positive challenges. You know, we've had, we've had a good time here. And, and the thing I'm just so happy when I come to work, it's just the people and, and yeah. with the kind of people. And I, I think we've got a lot of potential and uh, we want to, we would just want to be a good service agent for the community. Well, listen, man, it takes a lot of work by a lot of people to make a, a, a community like coastal Mississippi tech and WXXV clearly has this role. Keep up the good work. <clears throat> I see it in your programming that you care deeply about the community. And uh, it's good to see you doing well at this later part of your career. And uh, keep up the great work, my friend. Yeah, I've noticed that you've called me my old friend. And every time you've introed me, it had the word old in it. But that's fine. I'll accept that. It's been, <laughs> it's it's been great, uh, Ricky. I've, I've, I've valued our relationship over the years. And I, I wish you the very best. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you, man. I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's been sort of a, a, a passion project for sure. Hey, hope you have a great day. We'll pray for the people of Florida. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.